less I know, the more I like to let it go. Hey, yo. Good morning, everyone. Had to look up some stuff, found some stuff, couldn't spell some stuff, had to fix some stuff. My sound yesterday sucked because my computer connected to my speakers, so I had back feed. It sucked. But I fixed it. So you guys, yesterday, I do want to share. Yesterday, I watched something very very interesting a little bit out of my league but i actually am very grateful i got to experience it in fact it was Vinay who shared this page with me it was and i'm going to pronounce it wrong but i want to share it with you guys it's maha shivratri uh, but it doesn't have Bible speak. I want it.
just want to pronounce it. Well, that would help. Maha Shivaratri. Maha Shivaratri. Maha Shivaratri. Maha Shivaratri. Okay, so this happened yesterday. Vinay, thank you for sharing. Um, it was one of the largest, most significant among the sacred festivals of India. The festival celebrates the Gracia. Shava, who is considered the Adi Guru in the first Guru from whom the yoga traditions originates. The planetary positions on this night, which is also the darkest night of the year, are such that there is a powerful natural upsurge of energy in the human system. <sighs> Crap, Gina. We were supposed to be talking. Maybe, maybe not. This explains so much. People were crazy yesterday. I couldn't believe it. People at work, even my daughter, she was losing her mind. It is enormously beneficial for one's physical and spiritual well-being to stay awake and aware in vertical position throughout the night. Well, I didn't do that. I was in bed and I slept. I overslept. Wow, this is interesting, you guys, because yesterday at work, somebody left home because she was upset because she the way she had to work was upsetting. Um... Somebody else, I can't say, no names, especially for my job. They were upset. They were extremely highly upset. I get a call from my daughter. She had been up the night before. She had stayed up all night. She'd taken all these exams. Her computer crashed during the middle of a biology exam. She calls me hysterical. And then last night, she's just throwing up because she hadn't eaten all day. I'm over here calm. Calm? Why? Because I was watching this. I watched this throughout work. I was like, ah, I'm not getting in the middle of whatever's going on in this world. This is interesting. Hmm. It was good, you guys. The thing was, he got up and spoke, and the way he spoke was nice. There was people walking around, not respecting the social distancing, not wearing masks, and he goes, listen, you can either stay six feet away from people or wear a mask. You have to manage one of the two. And I was like, that's pretty good. That's really good. And then he did this meditation mantra. And the whole crowd did it. And it was different. I'd never done this before. I'd heard of it. I have heard of him. Um, and the man who did it, his name is Sad Sada Guru. That's what he's publicly known as. Um, he was born in September of 1957. He is an Indian yoga, auth um, Indian yoga and author. In 2017, he was awarded uh, the second, the India's second highest civilian award by the government of India for his contribution of to social services. Um, I wish I could share a picture, but I cannot. Um, it was very peaceful. It brought a lot of peace to my day. I liked it. I was happy. I was like, hmm. So yesterday, if it was an interesting day for you, and, you know, that could explain why. 
We have to keep light into our souls. So I wanted to share that. And I did share the link on my personal page. And it was really nice to watch. And in fact, the music was really beautiful. There were people singing in languages I did not understand. I don't understand the Indian language, but I do kind of get the culture. Um, a lot of my teas are originated from the Indian culture. I need a toggle between these two here. So we're just going to get into... Sorry guys, a little thrown off. I was into what I was saying and then I just lost thought. That's what I get. So yesterday we were in chapter 10 and we were talking about the Pharaoh. Now God knew all along that the Pharaoh wasn't going to bend. He knew it. But he's setting systems in place to really show the entire land of Egypt that he is God. He's taking away their crops for now, and for the next few years, it's going to be a while before they can recruit, plus their livestock. And the Pharaoh wants to have his way. First he goes, I'm not allowing you to go. Then he goes, only the men. And then he goes, leave your, uh, leave your livestock. And Moses is like, no, we need those. God will barter, but he's not going to barter with you, Pharaoh. <laughs> I mean, God did barter with Abraham, as we recall back in, what was it, Genesis. And he bartered with God because Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah. And he, he was like, God, you know, if there's some righteous, can we not rescue them? Can we not save them? And God's like, you know, Abraham, you're right. You're right. You know, we will. So God went and saved Lot. But God's not going to barter with the Pharaoh. Why? Because the Pharaoh's ignorant. He can't stand the fact he's losing control. I know what this is like. I know what it's like to have control of everything in my life or think I have control. And then I have to realize I no longer have control. And it bothers me. It bothers me not to have a certain amount of control. It's been something that God's been breaking in me slowly. And it's hard because losing control. What does it mean? <laughs> it means I have to trust. Ah! So, at the end of it, Moses goes, no, we need our livestock. We need them. We might have to sacrifice. Remember, this is still the Old Testament, you guys. This is the Old Testament where, you know, they were sacrificing. I mean, they hadn't really got to where God said, you know, this is exactly what you need to burn. That's in Leviticus, you know, coming up. But they had started because as you recall, Abraham, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, but then he replaced it with a ram and instead he sacrificed the lamb. I can't remember if that was the first burnt offering. So then Pharaoh says, get out of my face. Get out of my face. I don't want to see you again or you're going to die. Moses goes, you have spoken well. I will never see your face again. We know that's not true. Ugh. So at 11, and chapter 11 is short. Oh, God, loves me today. Thank you. The last few chapters have been very long. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague to the Pharaoh on Egypt. Afterwards, he will let you go from here. 
when he lets you go, surely he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Speak now in a hearing of the people and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave to the people favor and sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, in the sight of the people, even in his servants, because they were seen, they were plagued, they wanted it to stop. I realized this yesterday. The Pharaoh didn't care about Egypt. He didn't care. He was so selfish. He didn't care. He was allowing his land to be destroyed for the very sake of letting people go. He wanted that control so bad, he was destroying his own country. Sound familiar? Sounds like America right now. And Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight, I will go out into the midst of Egypt and all the firstborn, oh, and it comes, oh, it comes so soon. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill and all the firstborn of the animals. There shall be a great cry through all the land of Egypt, such was not like before nor shall be like again i don't think there has been this many people who will die up to this point since the great flood to be honest i don't re there was none not even in the famine three four hundred and thirty years ago not even and in the flood they didn't see it coming but against none of the children of Egypt shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast that you may know the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and the Israels. I feel like I skipped something. No. And all of these, your servants shall come down to me and bow to me saying, get out all these people who follow you. After that, I will go out. Then he went out from the Pharaoh in great anger. But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses Aaron did all the wonders before Pharaoh and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. I got it. Why is 12 so long? I'm going to continue. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take from himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Meaning they'd have to lean on the head of the household, the man of the house, which is usually the firstborn or the father of the head of the household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons, according to each man's need. You shall take your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the top on the two doorpost and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. 
I want to know what that means. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorpost. The lintel of the house. Okay, so what I'm looking at is a picture which almost looks colonial style to a house where the colonial bricks will stand up and then there's a roof above. There's like a roof that goes over those two posts, such as this. Here's the two posts. Here's the door. Here's the steeple. No, no, this is the lintel. Is that how you pronounce it? Lintel. So blood here. Blood here. And blood here. That's what God wanted. Thank you, Google. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in the fire with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in the fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with the fire, and thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and the staff in your hand. Because I think back in those days you had to have your shoes off. It was inappropriate to eat fully, you know, like you were walking outside. You took off your shoes, you put your staff down. It's like coming home and taking your stuff out and putting it away. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for... For you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I shall pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by everlasting ordinance, which is later stated in one of the books. There's many feasts. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from the land of Israel. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. First day. I think this is a day of rest. Why am I not getting my terms? Convocation. No, I was wrong. Legal, formal, assembly of people. So everybody will get together. On the first day, 
on the seventh day. No manner of work shall be done on them, but that of which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared by you. So you shall observe the feast of the unleavened bread, for on this same day I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. On the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month in the evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month at the evening. For seven days no leaven shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native of land. Okay, so I've always wondered this, and leaven is a form of yeast. Leaven is made from a process, a process of bacteria converted. Same thing with the, I drank this drink. It was the same thing. Bacteria builds up. So I wonder if that was the reason God did not want leavened bread in the homes. I'm speculating now. I'm just speculating. I love speculating. But if I, I wonder if that was the reason he wanted bacteria. He wanted all these things removed from the home during a time which was a holy celebration. I'm going to end there. Should I continue? I almost want to continue. I almost want to continue. Okay, I'm going to continue. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lentil and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of that door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lentil and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses and strike you. You shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. It will come to pass when you come into the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by the service that you shall say? It is a Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads in worship. Then the children of Israel went away and did so just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night, 
he, all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not one house where there was not one dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise and go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flock and your herbs, as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound on their clothes, bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and articles of clothing. So the Lord had given people favor in the sight of Egyptians, so that they were granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians unknowingly. Well, I mean, God forced his hand. (laughs) The Egyptians agreed. They chose. So I wouldn't know if this was considered plundering. But it was definitely (laughs) motivated by fear. That the children of Israel... I'm going to stop there. No? Yes. I'm going to stop there. Because you guys, I spoke about this yesterday. It was going to take God touching up on something that the Pharaoh loved for Pharaoh to finally bend. He didn't love Egypt. He didn't care that people were perishing. He didn't care that the land stank. He didn't care that there was flies, there was lice. He only cared about self. He cared about himself. And none of that was really touching him personally. He could deal with it. He could deal with it. He could deal with it. He didn't care. His people were suffering. They were losing their crops. They were losing their flock. They were losing everything. And he was just standing up there like, I don't care. And God knew it was going to have to take something drastic. What was the one thing that God could touch that the Pharaoh loved? His son. So... God had to go the distance to touch up on something to get Pharaoh to bend to let his people go. Not only that, it proved that God was God. God can make things happen. Death is not by accident. I was talking about this with my daughter the other day. We were talking about death. She asked me how I wanted to die. I said peacefully, hopefully. Then she asked me if I would be angry if somebody killed me. No, because I know in my heart, if I die a supposedly untimely death, that was God's doing. I know it in my heart. I've had to cross the barriers with God to face those fears and be like, my children died before me. That's God's doing. Look at Job. He lost everything. Would I hate God? No. Somebody came up and killed me. That's God's doing. It's just like the Pharaoh. He lost his child. Well, that was his doing. He could have gave in. And this is what I'm realizing. Why did I lose my place in this book? This is what I'm realizing about the Pharaoh. He could have gave in. He could have gave in. I know what it's like. I've resisted God. And it hurt me in the long run. 
by resisting God and where he was trying to take me, he had to break my will and he had to break my pride and he had to break my ego. And it hurt. It hurt just as the Pharaoh is hurting now when he could have just bent in the beginning. But it's hard. But God does what he says he's going to do. So guys, I hope you have a beautiful Friday. It's Friday. It's finally Friday. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. So I love you guys. God bless and have a great day. Oh, good morning, everybody. Disclaimer, today we are going to be Bible verse hopping. Please keep up. I have the verses written in there, but I'm starting with one, and I have to back that one up with another. So I'm going to do my best to really lead you into understanding what this verse means, because I saw it and I was like, oh kind of get it but it takes a deeper explanation you just can't say the verse and it like pops in your head and you understand it bible verses take time to really sink in there takes an explanation a searching of the heart a real real putting the pieces together to really bring the verse into play into your life that's what it's taken me i've had to piece together verses and been like now that makes sense so today we journey in at least three verses at least three, if not more. We could possibly have more. I want to thank God for giving me the knowledge to, to go searching and understand that there are more verses than just one. So you guys, the first verse, and it's not this one, the first verse comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. And this is the verse we're actually going to roll with. And we know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. I'm going to read that again. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So God is love. 
okay? And the love that resides within us comes from God. All of that. Energy is love. There's another term for it. It's called energy. You hear that a lot. All this energy. I have high energy. What it truly means is I have high amounts of love within me. That's love coming up in the way that God created us to love. See, God created us all differently. Okay? The way I love, God created me differently than the way, say, Eminem loves. Look how Eminem loves the world. What he says is the truth. And he's following his heart. That's why he's as successful as he is. But that's the way God created him to love the world. By speaking the hard, cold truth that a lot of people don't want to hear or believe. But it's true. So when you hear this, God is love. When we follow our hearts, and I'm going to draw this diagram. <laughs> oh, I love you, God. God is always love. Got my beautiful stick person. This is me. This is you. This is, this is all of us. Always forget I got to draw the heart there. Okay. When God created us, he said, I will create man in my image. It meant in my heart posture. We are to love as God loved. And Jesus was the example to show us how it was done. Okay. Knowing that God is love and we abide in love. And that means when we abide in love in our heart, in our big old heart that God gave us, okay, when we abide in this, we're following God, okay? Because God directs us with our heart. How? How? Well, it says here, Proverbs 16, 9. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Why? Because when we start following our heart, we're following God. And God will guide us. I remember when God told me, don't listen to anyone else. Follow me. And I took that to heart. I don't listen to anyone else. Well, <laughs> I don't listen to almost everyone else in this world. God has given me people that I do have to listen to. But how you say, can God direct us with our hearts? When you start living by the heart, you guys, here's the thing. I remember this moment. And this comes from Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Blech. Ezekiel. Good morning, Vincent. Chapter 36, verse 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and blech, out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I was correct. Okay? Because here's what happens, you guys. Over time, 
For the longest time in my life, I was living from fear. I didn't know God. I didn't know anything. I became numb in this world. By the time I hit 30, I was so numb in this world. I was just dull. My ears were dull. My eyes were dull. My heart was dull. I become dull in this world. Then when God came into my life, it changed. I started to feel things. I started to feel gratitude. I started to feel emotions I didn't want to feel. I started to feel love. I remember feeling love, forgiveness, and gratitude. Those were the three biggest ones I had never experienced in my life. I remember the first night I felt extreme gratitude. I cried. I remember the first time I felt love. And I remember feeling God's forgiveness. But it took God a long time to get me to believe to follow him. But when I did, that's when my heart changed. It softened. He bent my pride. He bent it. And then he took my heart of stone. (laughs) And he replaced it with a heart of flesh. I remember that day as well. It was painful. And ever since then, he's been teaching me to face fears. So you guys, when we believe in love and we follow it, we actually follow our heart. There's a difference between our mind, logic, And there's a difference in following the feeling, the pull, the tug. The thing we really want to do and say. Sometimes I've said things that weren't probably the nicest things, but I wanted to say them. And I'm glad I said them. But when you live from the heart, you speak the truth. You start to grow. You start to believe in love and you start to follow God. So this verse, which I totally lost. And believe it or not, you guys, there are people that don't even believe in God and God is directing their steps because they're living from their heart. I have family members. I have friends. They don't even believe in God. But guess what? They're living from the depths of their heart, being good people in this world to others. And they don't even know that God is directing their steps. How beautiful is that? And we know and believed that the love God has for us. God is love. He is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest there is, is love. That is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. It's a picture on my wall. And the greatest is love. The greatest thing that lives is love because God is love. So follow your heart, you guys. And it's not always easy. It isn't always easy because we live in a world where 
society has created things that trigger us, that trigger fear, that create fear. People have been through trauma. Everyone's been through trauma. There is not one person in this world who will go through life. Watch, I missed. Okay. Who will go through life not experiencing trauma. Not one single person. Okay. Everyone goes through trauma and everyone goes through the inner conflict of insecurities and fear. Every single person. When you start to realize you are not alone and you start to talk about it, suddenly you're bringing that darkness to light, which is fear and insecurity. You're bringing it to light. And when you bring it to light to others, it's like bringing it to God. Suddenly it doesn't reside in you and it's not making you feel that conflict. Conflict like this comes from two things. Your flesh and your soul are grinding because your soul is trying to drive you to God and your flesh is holding back from fear. And the only way to understand that conflict is to talk about it. And I mean this with the deepest sincerity I can mean. The only way to get it out because it's like a toxic air that resides in you. It's a darkness. It's a dark cloud that you cannot see. You only can feel it when you have the unveiling like I spoke of yesterday. You only understand it when you're truly unveiled. But to the... The eyes that are not unveiled. It feels like a grind. It feels like an ache. But what it is, is you're holding something deep within you. That your soul is trying to push out and your flesh is trying to push down with fear and insecurity. But when you start letting it out, and I'm speaking to myself. There's lots of things I probably (laughs) should let go. And I don't. God will have his way one way or another. I know God. But I mean that. But when you follow your heart, God helps you overcome that obstacle. Truly, when you follow your heart, which I am learning, God helps you bring those things out of you and face them and let them go. And it's a very beautiful thing. And it no longer weighs you down. And hold you back. Giving it to God lifts you up. Mm, God is speaking to me right now. It lifts you up and lets you go. Gives you wings. It's like Red Bull. Only better because it's food for your soul. So I love you guys. I hope you have a happy Friday. I do want to bring up yesterday. It took me a while. I had to do some investigation on this. Yesterday was the longest dark day of the year. There's been a lot of people that have been extremely tired. I noticed this. I have some friends. Even my friend Gina, she was texting me yesterday. Gina, I figured it out. Why we've been so tired. I've been so, ugh. Even me, like unusually, why? And I just went with it. Why? Because I feel my body was resting up. I was just resting because, you know, apparently it was going to be a very... I don't know. I don't know how that could 
weigh down on the soul, but I'm assuming because it was extreme amounts of darkness, it does weigh down on you. I'm assuming because our body needs so much light, so much vitamin D, that the longest, darkest day really does drain on our body, spiritually and physically. That's what I'm speculating but I need to do more research. So I love you guys. I hope you have a happy Friday. Um, Joan, I know you're going to watch this later. Uh, I hope you're feeling better. Um, I hope you're letting that earache drain and uh, you should be getting your tests in two days. So I'll keep checking up on you. I love you and everybody else. God bless.